Okay, so this morning, I'm excited and I'm nervous about my message. You know, it's the first time I've shared it all this year. I know, it hasn't, hasn't been long. So, I'm, so I am excited, um, and as I said, I'm, I'm nervous as well, because I, I find that in preparing to, to share, you know, there are some things I get really pumped about. There's some things that, you know, God is, God is, is, is doing, and it's like, yeah, I'm on board with this. And there are other things that I go, oh, heck, I've got some work to do. <laughs> so I've got a bit of a mixed bag this morning. I always find that I, that I am um, preaching to myself. Okay, we'll go in landscape. There we go. Okay. So this morning I have entitled my message, Things That Matter. So Things That Matter. And, and I think that inside every person there, there is a desire to do stuff that matters. And look, not every person is going to absolutely change, change the world, as in, you know, in a literal worldwide sense. Not every person is going to invent something revolutionary that, that's going to be you know, you know, amazing and mind-blowing. And not every person is going to be put in the history books, or I should probably say Wikipedia now, shouldn't I? But, but in, the, you know, in the, the books of history, when, when they're gone, not every person may leave that sort of mark. But we do all want to feel as though we have done something that counts for something. Yep, I'm glad to hear a couple of voices. Again, can't see all your faces, so give a... Or a raise of the eyebrows or something, isn't that the... You know, it was... We want to do something that counts for something. And so, you know, in whether we work, whether we're retired, whether we're doing stuff around our home, you know, we, we want to do things that, that are meaningful. We want to do things... We don't want to waste our time. Anyone like wasting their time? No, we, we don't want to waste our time. And, and, I, and I would say that most of us at some point in our, our life, we have spent some time and even some significant time on, on something or some, some things, and partway through you're thinking, I'm really not sure where this is going. I'm yeah, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really, I really don't know where this, where this is going. And... And you know, some people have had that in a, in a, in their work environment, or and someone might have even asked you to do something, but they just wanted to get you out of their hair. Uh, go on, go on, go on, do 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 this thing to try and keep you out of the way. But you know, if we if we're doing something that we're really not sure is going to make a difference, how does it make us feel? Not happy. Worth. Worthless. Yep. We become disillusioned. It's you know it's not a not a great great thing, is it, to be doing something and to realise this is not this is just doesn't have any any meaning a, at all. Um, this is not to say that menial tasks aren't important. So don't there is a difference between things. You know we we do need to to do stuff that doesn't excite us sometimes. We do need to clean. We do need to you know do practical things. That, you know, but there are other things that we just think this just is not counting for anything. So you might feel lost. You might feel there's no purpose. I remember when doing 
um, algebra in high school. And so many people were saying, when am I going to use this? Then I, I went into engineering and I used it a lot. <laughs> um, and, and still do. So I think that we all want to do things that, that matter. And there's plenty around that we can do. Lots to do. Lots that we can invest our time in and some things that don't matter. And, and you know, there's a few mindless things that, that we do that are okay in, in moderation. You know, but there are other things as well that, that we can become consumed with, in fact, that are mindless. And there's plenty of options. There's, there's options. You'll find a few options just on these little, little things, you know, that you can find some mindless things to do if you want to flit away a bit of time. And so they're not necessarily all bad, except when we make these, these things matter more than they should do. And, it, and our time and our energy and motivation are no longer free for the things that do matter. So when the things that, that don't matter get in the way of the things that, that do matter. And I want to give an example from, from Scripture this morning. Now, I, I typed this up with a sore finger last night, and I had so many typos, it was like, ooh, so it just changed my, my typing. I touch type, you see, so I'm not really looking at what I'm doing. And I did go back over it and check it, but if you find a typo, forgive me in advance, okay? So this is from Matthew 23, 23. And it says, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites. For you're careful to tithe even on the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. And I've got a bit more scripture to, to come, but, but we start here. And, it, and Jesus is saying, guys, you're tithing on your herbs. But there are some really important things that really matter. And, and I, don't, I don't think that this started with bad intention. I, I reckon it started, you know, they, they like to debate the scripture and discuss principles of, of tithing. And they're probably going, you know, technically, we should probably be doing this. And it probably all started with good, good in, intent. I know we paint the picture of the, these evil maniacal Pharisees and whatever but but you know I'm sure it all started probably with good intent and with some good discussion um, so you know we're, we're the we're the leaders we should be leading the way with with this and then they did what dangerous things one of the most dangerous things you can do they probably formed a committee <laughs> they developed some policies this, this sounds about right doesn't it you know <laughs> Now, po policies and committees are not a, not a bad thing necessarily. And they thought they were doing it right. And they, but they were so focused on some of these menial things. Now, this isn't all they did in, in their life. But Jesus was pointing this thing out. They, they thought they were beyond criticism because they were obeying the law to the letter of, of the law. And again, I, I, I believe it all started with good intention. And something just went awry at some point. And Jesus challenged them. He said, who said that these were the important things? What about justice? What about mercy? And what about faith? And effectively, Jesus is saying, you're caught up on, 
on these trivial things that you're missing what really matters. In the title of my message this morning, Things That Matter. So scripture is full of things that do matter. There are, and I've, I've put a few things up, up here on the, on the screen of some things that, that do matter. And um, this is taking care of the poor. Now, I'm not sharing on each of these. These are just some examples of things that, that matter. Taking care of the poor and those that cannot care from, for themselves. I've got the scripture references there if you're, if you're noting. Standing for justice and showing mercy. Walking in humility and the fear of the Lord. Loving the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and also our neighbor as ourselves. Are these sounding like things that matter? Yep, yep. Um, Walking in obedience to the Lord. Taking care of our our family and, and honoring our parents. Preaching the gospel. And going into all the world. That's a pretty good start of a, of a list there. These, these are things that matter. And scripture is full of things that really matter. And over the course of your life and in the word and as God unveils things, you will continue to find things that, that matter. You will continue to... Has anyone got beyond God showing them things that, that matter anymore? It's like, no, no, I've, I've got this down pat now. I'm sure, Pastor Adrian, you're a pastor. So, you know, by the time you reach pastordom... There's, you probably have gotten all the things that matter down pat now, so you're all pretty good. Nothing to add? Pastor. Pa- past it. <laughs> past it. Um, Pastor, Pastor Bernie and Susie, what do, what do you reckon? If anyone's got this all together and you know all the things that matter now and have learned everything that you need to. Oh, what hope have the rest of us got, hey? Now, it would be great if we, when we started following Jesus, if we could get just a little, you know, a one-page list, 10 things to do that matter, and, we, and we've got it all. But, but the reality is we, we never work it out. God continues to reveal himself to us. And some things we're not ready for yet, and he reveals something, something more as he brings greater wholeness in our life. So as we, as we get to know Jesus and, and spend time in his word, we get new revelation. It's not that all of a sudden God has made up something else that matters, but we see a new avenue or God is speaking to a particular area in our life that he's wanting to, to change and says, hey, did you know that this, this matters? So one important question that we do need to ask is who decides what matters and what doesn't matter? Who decides what matters and what doesn't matter? And when we're doing things that really matter, we want to do things that really matter to God because there is no, no question. Or they, they are going to, be the, going to be such fruitful things. And God cares about our families and our things like that. You know, that was on my sheet before. You know, and God will show you those things matter, looking after our family, looking after our, our community. You know, meeting together. These, these things, they, they do matter. There are some things that always matter. There are some things that will matter for a season. And there might be other things that matter for today. All, all important. So some things will always matter, and you'll find that through Scripture. There are other things that might be for a season 
and there's be some things that are for today. We don't want to miss the todays, do we? That's, that's the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us and says, this is what matters today. Don't we want to get that? And really what we want to do is we want to find ourselves in a place of such peace and wholeness and submission and surrender and being open to the Holy Spirit that we can hear the heart of God and know what matters. And it, and it is possible for us to be in this place. We can be attuned to the things that matters and the things that are in line with the heart of God. So the next scripture I'm going to share, it won't surprise you. Um, it won't surprise you. Probably it's been preached on already this year in this church. And this seems to be something that God is speaking to his church throughout the world from Matthew 6. Again, we're talking about the things that matter. And this says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? These things, things that don't really matter, they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So here's what really matters. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. He's saying focus on what really matters and God will look after the other stuff. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. And if we look at the teachings of Jesus, the kingdom comes up time and time again. I think it's about 68 times in the New Testament. Obviously, it depends on which version that you, that you look at and if you're looking for a particular word. But in Matthew alone, it's mentioned 31 times. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. It's something that, that really matters. David said in Psalm 145, verse 13, he says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. This is something eternal and everlasting. But unfortunately, we, in our flesh, we are drawn to the things that are temporary. Left to our own demise, we are drawn to the things that are temporary, the things that are fleeting, because this flesh is temporary. This, this is only here for, you know, I've got this skin for how many, however many years, 60, 70, 80, 90 years that the Lord blesses me with. It's, it's temporary. And so it craves the temporary. But when we seek first the kingdom, and not a one-off event, but, but as a lifestyle, there are some things that will change. And I want to share these these three things. If, if you are taking notes, you want to get these things down. There are some things that are going to change in us. So one is it will change our perspective from the temporary to the eternal. It will change our perspective from the temporary to the eternal. Two is it will change our motivation 
from what I can get to what I can leave. Our motivation from what I can get to what I can leave. And it will change our vision for what I can achieve in my life to how my life can help enable others to achieve. So our vision shifts, not from what I can achieve, but what can I enable in others? What can I, what can I pass on? What can I provide that will enable others to achieve and go beyond me? And I, I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and I you know, trust, I hope I've still got a few, few in me, but you know, our, our times are in his hands. But I, I don't want to get to the end, end of my life to think that there's just going to be a celebration of, of what I've done and what I've achieved or succeeded. The list is probably not that long. But, but we want to be able to look and see what's going to go beyond me. What am I, what am I passing on? What am I passing on to, to my, my kids, to the next generation that are, that are following Jesus? And interestingly, this very thing is demonstrated in God's design of family. So family, it's the model of family itself is about a, a passing on, is about a continuity. About, you know, so this has been designed, this principle is in, in creation about this passing on, about leaving a legacy, about family line. And Jesus demonstrated this as well. He spent three years with 12 guys and there were more people involved as well. But in that, that time, it's not a long time. Who's been a Christian for more than three years here? Yeah, yeah. Wow, you got it up on these, these people, including the little monkey. Yeah. Three, three years and passed on with them all they needed to change the world. He discipled them. He showed them what it was to serve. He taught them how to pray. He taught them about authority. He corrected them. He showed them what, what healing was and about the kingdom and about what matters and also about what doesn't matter. They did get distracted a few times and Jesus had to pull them into line. Anyone got ever done that with you before? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep, we're all on the same page here. And then he promised the Holy Spirit, this helper and this guide and this enabler. That's that point three about this enabling, that we would go on and we would do greater things. The greater things he promised. That's in John fourteen twelve. That says, "I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done." Now that would be good enough on its own. <laughs> we'll do the same works I've done. And even greater works because I'm going to the Father. So Jesus was focused on the eternal, not on the, the temporary. The, the disciples and people brought up things about the temporary at times. They said, how are we going to pay for this? How are we gonna, what, are we gonna, what are we going to do here, Jesus? And Jesus sorted out, sorted out the temporary stuff. But his focus was on the eternal. Jesus was never about what he could get, but he was absolutely about what he could leave. You know, going into towns and healing 
all of their diseases. You know, there was miraculous things happening. It was about what, what he could leave. And Jesus left a mark in the, those towns. You know, there were some that he came back to and lives that had been changed. You know, the stories had gone on and on. And, you know, it's, Jesus was about what he could leave. And Jesus' life and death, the cross itself, made a way and enabling for us to continue on. So as I come to a close this morning, I've got two closes actually. You okay with two closes? First, the first one is the one I intended to do. Um, and the second one is the one that God showed me to do. And you can pick which you think is the best if you like. <laughs> um, so listen to Paul in 2 Timothy 4. He's at the end of his life, verses 6 to 7, the end of his life, and he was ready to pass the baton on to the next generation. And he said, For I'm already poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now this, this is my version. I think it's pretty good, isn't it? It's, it's all right? Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's okay. It's, this is a good way, to, good way to finish. Paul knew there was a prize, and it wasn't in the temporary. It was in the eternal. He was leaving a legacy, a way for others to continue on, and you know, much of the New Testament has been penned by, by Paul. There is, a, there is legacy in the, uh, you know, the Word of God as revealed to him, and as he encouraged the believers, as he wrote, as he inspired others. There, there's a legacy that's been left and enabling So do we have our eyes on the eternal prize? Are we running or have we just slowed to a walk? So my challenge today, and there is a challenge to us, you know, are we leaving a legacy or are our children going to need to create their own? I don't want them to have to start from scratch. I want to give them something to, to build on. I want to give them something to, to work with. And I know that, that my, my most righteous acts are like filthy rags, Scripture says, so that makes us feel pretty good. But my challenge is we want to, we want to provide something for others to build on, be it an example. And they don't have to do it the way I, I did it, and they probably won't. But I want to give them something to work with. Are we leaving a legacy or will our children have to create our own? Okay, that was my ending. That was, I thought it was pretty good. Out of 10, we we're all... No, no, it's all right. <laughs> up, up until yesterday, and I, and I was listening to, to, um, to another word that sort of relates to this seeking the kingdom. And I, and I thought I was pretty much done with my, with my word. It was on track. It felt like this is definitely the, the word of the Lord for this time. So seek first the kingdom. That is the word of the Lord for the church around the world. It's just coming up everywhere. Kiri and I, were, God was revealing that to us in personally for, what, for some things that we're looking at in the lead up to Christmas and it's just popping up everywhere. It's like, but I thought that was mine. But it turns out it's not. So I felt like I was on track, but I do believe that this is really important for us as we seek the kingdom. So we need to remember that every kingdom has a king. 
Now that might be, yeah, looks, sure, you know. That might not be a huge revelation, but when I was reflecting on, on this, just this concept, I thought in a kingdom with, with a king, there are some people who work close to the king. You know, his closest friends and confidants. And there are the grunts. There are, there are some who might be farmers or soldiers or, or whatever, and they may not have ever met the king or, or seen the king even in some cases. And then there's all sorts of people in between that, you know, with, with little or more connection with the king. Which are the ones that are most committed to the kingdom? It's those that know the king. Those that are committed to the kingdom are those that, that know the king. And there might be some people on the, the coalface who, who through things that they've read or whatever, you know, they've got the, the heart of the king and are, and are really committed to, to the kingdom. But the more that we, we know the king, the more committed to the kingdom we are to seek first the kingdom. Which are the ones that when things are going are really tough, you know, are going to stand for this kingdom that they're part of. It's those that know the king, that know, know the king, not know, know the king, those that know the king. Who are the ones that when a pandemic comes, when there's tension in families, when the body of Christ is, is divided. And we look at the much hurt around the world at the moment. Still say, you know, I'm in. I'm all in. And it's those that know the king. Now, you might get some comfort and encouragement and wisdom from Pastor Adrian, from, from Bernie, from Susie, from Fred and Tinico. There's a whole lot of faces here of people from Jono, know different people who at different times have been a, a real encouragement to me and, and it might have been to you as well. Um, my wife, I shouldn't, shouldn't have to mention her. But they are not going to be your anchor, church. They are, are not going to be the, the things that you hang on to, the ones that you hang on to when things are tough. They'll do their best. But remember, they're going to be probably hanging on to. And you will be better off hanging on to what they're hanging on to than hanging on to them. <laughs> so I've been freshly convicted about the amount of energy and focus and maybe brownie points that I've earned, supposedly for the kingdom. But I realise if this hasn't come out of my knowing the king, but it's been fed by other things that motivate me, than, other than my love for the king, then it was never about the king's kingdom. It was about my kingdom. I didn't want this ending. <laughs> but if, it, if, if there are other things that are driving me other than my love for God and for the king and knowing him, then maybe it was about my kingdom. So I want to finish with this this morning before we pray. Seek the kingdom and seek the king.
seek the kingdom and seek the king. Let's pray. So, Lord, we are in agreement with David, Lord, that your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And, Lord, we know that our own nature is so very easily drawn to the temporary things, to the things that we want, the things that we feel we need. And, and Lord, those things are important, Lord. But, but, Lord, forgive us where those things have taken on so much importance to us that the things that really matter, the matters of your kingdom, the matters of knowing the king, have been surrendered, have been not pursued as they should. Lord, stir afresh in us, Lord God, the things that matter to you. Lord, give us hearts after yours, after the kingdom, Lord. Give us an eternal perspective. Lord, I pray afresh, Lord, for every person here in this church, Lord God, that you would give them a, a, a fresh kingdom perspective. Lord, a fresh desire to leave something for the next generation, Lord. Lord, whether there's someone here who's 20 or 90, when most of us are here are in between that, Lord, but, Lord, that we would desire to leave something, Lord God. Something that's of eternal worth. Something that others can build on. But, Lord, we pray also we would check our motivations. That we would be driven by our love for you. Because we know the King. Not other stuff. Not our need to please people not our need to satisfy our, our conscience, Lord, but our desire to serve the King. Lord, would we make something others can build on? Jesus, you are the cornerstone. And Lord, we are your hands and feet. We do have a job to do. And we want to leave something for others to work with in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.